about five years ago, had an emotional awakening. But for the first eight years of our marriage, we always wondered why other people fought. We never fought. But long story short, it came to the point that I realized I just suppressed my emotions all the time. It was it was easier to me to just say I'm sorry or she would eventually say she's sorry and just lay down. But learning how I was wired after taking Enneagram, I'm like, oh, OK, that makes sense. Hello and welcome to the Art of Spousing podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the show. Today, we have our good friends Ben and Elisa Hockey on the show with us. We've known Ben and Elisa for several years now and have been eyewitnesses to watching their marriage relationship flourish. They were actually the first couple that we did coaching with using Enneagram as a discovery tool. It has been awesome to watch their marriage work of art continue to unfold. Yeah, Ben is a full-time worship pastor at Christ Fellowship Church, and Elisa is also a great worship leader as well as a vocal coach. And a fun little fact, both of them are super hosts with Airbnb. I love it. We are thankful they have agreed to process their relationship dynamic in light of the Enneagram. If you're unfamiliar with the Enneagram, it is a tool of empathy and learning. This model of the personality fosters growth in self-awareness, spouse awareness, and couple awareness. In marriage, the Enneagram provides an opportunity to identify patterns in the way your spouse responds and behaves and positions you to shift interactions within your everyday life, increasing strength and reducing ways you may inadvertently weaken your relationship. So if you are unfamiliar with the Enneagram, we encourage you to go back and listen to Season 1, Episode 8, where Lisa gives an overview of the components of the Enneagram. But before we jump into our conversation today, we want you to hear about a powerful experience that we believe will take your marriage from good to great. If you're looking for that one thing that could be the game changer for your relationship, then the Marriage Reboot Retreat is just for you. If you want a greater connection with your spouse, if you are tired of feeling stuck in the same old, same old, if you desire to feel the thrill of fun and discovery again, like you did when you first met, we can help. We support couples to reconnect, recharge, and re-engage to pursue their life purpose together. The Marriage Reboot Retreat by Marry for a Purpose is a private, intensive experience for you and your spouse working exclusively with Lisa and I for two consecutive full days. At the end of the two days, you will walk away with a unified purpose for your marriage and a holistic vision for your marriage and family supported with a real action plan. If you would like to find out more information about the Marriage Reboot Retreat, you can set up a discovery call with James and I and we will tell you more about it. The link is in the show notes or you can direct message us on Instagram at Art Espousing and we will send you a link to schedule a discovery call. Ben and Lisa, it is so great to have you on the podcast. We've been friends for a long time, and it's just been awesome to watch what God has done in your marriage and the influence that you have in so many. So thank you so much for being on the Art of Spousing podcast today. Yeah, absolutely. We're so honored to get to sit and talk with you guys. Yeah, lots of years. It's been a long journey. You guys have had a pretty impactful part on our marriage and us personally, so we're excited to get to talk with you. Ah, I love you guys. Awesome. So to get us kicked off, can you just share a little bit of your marriage journey. What's got you to where you are today? Our marriage journey. Uh, our marriage journey started with me asking Lisa out on a double date, but she didn't think that we were on a date because I didn't pay any attention to her. And I just wanted to. What? The only questions he asked me on the date, let's just clarify, was if I like wanted water or if we were going to see John Mayer, super fun, but like opened my door, but literally just if I needed anything, if I was hungry or wanted food, but those were the only <laughs> That was it. Pure romantic. <laughs> Pure romantic. Uh, you know, it's what a big Casanova. 
long story short, three breakups later, me always having peace and her family basically. I think the third breakup was my family breaking up with us. So yeah. they were kind of like wow. not a huge fan of Ben for me, but in the end, he won them over. So 12 years later and two kids later. Here we totally. Are. I think her brother being a friend of mine telling her, why would you date somebody you're never going to marry? And 18 months of hearing he's not the one for you and yeah. just riding through all of that. And then somehow Jesus <laughs> he put it together. Put it together. That is awesome. That, that is might awesome. actually have to do with some of our types. It may be. I don't know. I'm an eight. So they thought I was going to marry the like really out there, go getter, charismatic Senior pastor, pastor yeah. um, which I did, but it just looked totally different. Yeah, that's true. I love it. I love it. Well, that, I actually do believe this is a great way to start. Married life isn't always easy. And the, what you guys have had to overcome and that there's probably more people who've had to deal with that of like, how are families receiving and accepting and then coming on the other side of it? So important because that would definitely cause a little bit of tension in um, early relationship and married life for sure. So now I think they might pick Ben over me if they, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I I doubt it. (laughs) Well, great segue into Enneagram types, what you identify with. So I'd love to hear from, Elisa, you already mentioned you're an eight, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. So your Enneagram type, how you resonate with it, and maybe what really like, oh, it's totally me, and this is why. And then maybe how you felt when you first heard that and got the language around being an Enneagram 8. That was fun. Um, We actually ended up taking the test with you, Lisa. Um, So that's how we found out what we were. I don't know if I would have, when I originally started looking into Enneagram, I thought maybe I was going to be a one because of Mm. that strong perfectionist side. But when I took the test and found out I was eight, it kind of was um, shocking and yet not all at the same time. And it gave me a lot of context. I've worked in the church since I was 19 in different roles. So over 20 years now in ministry and being a female eight working on staff in churches, I think people never guess that I would be an eight because of how I guess I couch myself with, I have a bit of two in my tri-type and some things to soften that out. But I had to shift my aggressiveness because of where I was working in churches, me coming off as an aggressive female in the church wouldn't have been taken as well as maybe in the corporate world. I could just Mm -hmm. be a CEO and run things and be great in corporate, but in church, that was different. So we had done so many different personality personality types, gosh, everything from Strengths Finder and Myers-Briggs, all those things. And every time I took those, this sounds terrible, but it always told me how great I was. I'm an achiever. (laughs) I can do this. I can like run anything and plan events and do all these things really well. I'm really great at details, but I can also run fast. And when I took Enneagram, it was actually the first time that I really got to look at my shadow side Mm -hmm. of who I could be and how I made people feel Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes depending on how I approach things. And so it actually was hard to swallow at first, (laughs) especially in our relationship as a married couple when it came to leading teams and being with people, I feel like I, I had learned a lot of leadership skills along the way to be a good team player and, and help people feel seen and valued. But in a one-on-one marriage relationship, mm. it was easier for me to bulldoze and mm. be 
that real, maybe my negative side coming out more. And so it, it deep dove me. I think that I like went into a depression for 24 hours after, <laughs> like, after I found out. Um, but I came out and yeah. like, so you talked me off a cliff. I'm pretty sure yeah. <laughs> James, you know, helped me feel like I was well, seen. <laughs> hey, eights are great. That's all I say. That's you know? right. So, <laughs> it is interesting though, what you said there, you, you kind of surprised, but then it's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense, right? My experience with Enneagram is a lot of types kind of struggle with like, ah, I don't. And for me, it was like, oh, okay, it all makes sense. It explains a lot. It, it, this this <laughs> all makes sense. And I, I, I know other types have a struggle with the shadow side maybe of who they are. But like for me, it was like, ah, I don't really want to be that way. But okay, this, this is what makes me an achiever, what kind of drives kind of that internal drive in me. But yeah, we do have a tendency to be aggressive. And I think you make a great point. I don't know if it's in the corporate world as well, but definitely in the church world, female eights aren't celebrated as much as maybe male eights are celebrated. I do think it's interesting because in the the beauty of being in church world and ministry world, that probably helps shape and tames your eightness, the rough edges of eight, because you had to modify. So whether you were actually growing because you knew you were eight and you were assertive, you were actually shaping that because you knew it wouldn't be well received. And so what the beauty of that is that you actually been working on yourself a very long time for lots of different reasons. But one, it's just not allowed to behave like that in church world because it isn't so well received received. The other thing that you mentioned, which I think is worthy of stating is because you're an eight, James is an eight, because I've encountered both of you in in work settings, relational settings, no offense, James, but Elisa is warmer than you are. (laughs) (laughs) So she does actually intuitively relate to people quicker and probably feels warmer to people than where you may feel cold, not cold hearted, but just not as warm personality wise. And that is her tri-type coming up. And try type, uh, we can It's talk not about. just because she's a female and I'm a male. It isn't because of that. Although that may be, she may have some nurturing qualities in her right. as a mother. But knows? that high two, right? Her tie two, and that, that is actually really high. So in her tri-type in the heart, she is high in two of two, three, and four. She's the highest in two. And obviously in the body, eight, nine, and one, she's an eight. But that two really softens, not to mention all the work that you've done prior to knowing Enneagram. And what I'd love to say, and I think should be said, is the work of the Holy Spirit and your relationship with Jesus in your yeah. life has been what has been doing all this work. This just gives like language to it. So yeah, Yeah. that was something that was freeing for me is that it did give me language and I didn't feel condemned. It just made me go, Oh, like I felt like God knew my design. Like it was made on purpose as opposed to sometimes I felt like the square peg in a round hole, like Mm. no other females are like me. Why do I like this? You know? And, And now since I've met quite a few females that are eights and some that like made me actually feel confident to be myself and go, Oh, I can wear this gracefully and still be a strong eight leader female and still be fully feminine while I do Mm -hmm. it. And so that has been a journey. That's awesome. (laughs) Uh, Cause you see a lot of eight examples that are men that, that run the world and do amazing at it, you know? So I didn't know how to do that for me. And the Holy spirit has been amazing to help me. Happy. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. That's awesome. Okay, Mr. Ben. I am a type five wing four, and I'm going to let my eight wife talk about me (laughs) as a true five, but she probably won't because this is 
this is who I am. Uh, I, I, you know, it's, it's interesting when I discovered that I was in the Enneagram five and discovered what it was about. I felt understood for the first mm-hmm. time. I've always maybe misunderstood why I was the way I was or could never come to decisions or never felt like I could land on any specifics. And that's just a natural design of who I am mm-hmm. as a as a processor, as a researcher. I've been called the internet most of my life because <laughs> I just retain useless information. It's useful to somebody. Apparently I've at some time over the years, I get asked the most random questions and oddly have answers that I shouldn't have. If you need to know of any good coffee shops or restaurants or the new building, <laughs> those the new building that's going up downtown, Ben probably knows what it is. Probably. <laughs> I probably know. But I, you know, I think I, I felt understood for the first time and found out that castling is okay. Because uh, yeah. it's how I restore and how I, even when we first got married, I had to look at her and say, I, I need you to hear that I love you dearly, but I need to be away from you. (laughs) (laughs) I need to be alone. Yeah, (laughs) It's for the betterment of our marriage that that you leave me alone. (laughs) And that was... That was a hard thing to come to. Now she just kicks me out of the house. You you need to leave and go. You just need to go. It is interesting because you say castle up, and I'd love to just explain that a little bit as fives when pushed on. And James, you could probably give a few examples in the work environment. When they're pushed on for answers immediately, they need to process before they respond. And so the dynamic could be that Elisa as an eight assertive pushing for answers and you don't have the answer. So if you don't respond or act as quickly as an eight could, then you're like, well, I'm going in the castle, drawing up the bridge and there's a moat between me and you and there's no communication happening. So that castling up is a retreat, but fours, fives and nines are withdrawn people. So they're just going to be withdrawn like that. And you're five with the four wings. So you kind of got this double down effect going on a little bit. And I I, I like those words assertive, withdrawn, but you know, sometimes if you just hear them by themselves, withdrawn feels weak or like it's not as strong as somebody who's assertive. And that's not the case at all. It's actually just the way that we process. It's the way that we reserve energy. It's the way that we communicate into the world. And I personally, in my world, love working with fives. A five, when they bring information, it's going to be the right information because they have processed it. That castling up piece for you, Ben, is is you just need to get alone sort out all your thoughts on it before you give an answer. And I found early on, and I think we can talk about this, how this relates now in your marriage, but as an eight who synthesizes information really quickly and can make quick decisions, if I press a five that I'm working with to make a quick decision, to give me their best, they're going to give me a decision. They're going to give me an answer, but most likely it's not going to be the best answer or the answer that they're going to really believe in. But if I say, hey, and Ben, you and I have done this before. I say, Ben, I'm thinking about this. Can you think about this for a while? Tell me what you think about it. You're going to take that away, castle Mm -hmm. up, if you will. And then you're going to come back. And because you're a a researcher, you're going to come back with the best options, right? It is really a superpower for you. Just as much as the assertive piece of synthesizing and making quick decisions and taking the charges for Elisa, that ability to really process information and bring your best out is kind of your superpower. Yeah. I think one of the things I've learned in, in withdrawing is... It's actually a pretty great strength because I I find that I catch quite a lot of things in passing or 
that you wouldn't normally grab or I think I find myself throughout the day. Did you catch this or I have an awareness of my surroundings yeah. differently as a five of who's missing in a conversation or mm. who needs to know what or how or her and I just communicating throughout the day of like she's got 30 things going on at once and just bringing up the two or three. Oh, I've I'm like five past that. I forgot that. I'll come back to that. <laughs> like bringing the awareness to things differently. That's, yeah, that's awesome. Elisa, how have you leveraged Ben's strength of that? Some fun things. I actually, I sometimes lean into like maximizing it. Like when we were pregnant, I was like, I need you to research baby strollers. And <laughs> like, I was like, even my- before <laughs> we knew, she just knew I like to read stuff. So. Yeah. I didn't know it was a five, but I, he always would research like the best Apple product or the new thing like well this has these different features but this has and so always our entire marriage I mean whenever we're gonna make a big purchase I'm like that's off my plate we want this so now you figure out what brand and what it needs to be if there's a better warranty (laughs) so those that's like amazing and fantastic that's yeah. awesome. He also tends to be, he does have red hair, but he still tends to be more calm and cool <laughs> when I might get fiery real fast. He'll kind of like just hold yeah, <laughs> and let me be fiery and then <laughs> might come back with a question or like help me cool down um, in ways that I, I don't, it's not my natural tendency. Right. So. Intentionally not castling to get through yes. the moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at you. Look at you. Well, I was thinking of, James, you've mentioned this a couple of times of eight synthesizing information well. And I think, Elisa, is your wings, you said it is a seven? Seven. Yeah. So they both synthesize information quickly, fast. You can see a lot of data, see a problem and all the scenarios and pieces to it and make a decision very quickly, which in crisis or in a time it needs to move is great. But the shadow side of that is sometimes you don't see all the details and all the implications of everything that you're about to just make a decision to do. And so Ben, obviously, even more so than myself as a two, I'm not going to offer this that Ben offers is like all of the questions and slowing down and making a decision. Sometimes we do have to make fast decisions, but a lot of decisions in married life and things like big purchases, but even relational decisions with our kids. And it helps slow us down. Think about all the questions, which could probably possibly get annoying, but very helpful. Yep, absolutely. Let me proof all of her uh, emails and messages that are important that need to be worded correctly. I hit send way too fast. (laughs) (laughs) She's ready, fire, aim. So... We, I correct the aim before we before we hit fire. We had too many times I would post on Instagram where I would be like, "Did you know there was three misspelled words in what you said?" <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, yeah, I can fix that." Yeah, I know for myself. You know, I'm not as warm as you, but if I'm sending an email, especially if it could have a little bit of edge to it, I always have some, somebody that's more on the warm side, somebody who's a nine or a two, or somebody who's more relational that can go, "Hey, how does this hit you?" Because I want to make sure that it doesn't offend or charge somebody up because if I get an email like that I'm like great you know but 
quick and to the point. That was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. I just want to make sure that I'm, I'm affirming you that you are warm and you're aware. You're aware of when you need to be. So I just want to make sure that all listeners know that I didn't like just slam you and say you're not warm and Elisa is. Although <laughs> technically it's true, but you're it, aware. It is true. Right. It's, <laughs> it is true. Like, yeah, it's not. It's, it's not all false. good. Okay. So Ben, in what ways have you leveraged Elisa's strength? Oh, gosh. I, it's funny. I think in the way that she utilizes my giftings of getting to the right information. I think I'm a very deliberative person, so I'll drive her crazy standing in the grocery store looking at five brands of the same exact product. And when she'll just walk through, stop it, just grab that one. Or um, <laughs> like it's like, all sour cream. It's going to be it's fine. All, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love it. Being able to move forward and not questioning, I'll question decisions or I'll question conversations and getting a matter of fact. We have that balance with each other, getting a very matter of fact, or literally this morning getting ready for church. Like, hey, does this look okay? No, that looks bad. If you were wearing different pants, this would have been this. It would have looked way better. It's like, okay. And it's just, I, you know, 30 seconds, it's fixed. And, okay, and y'all, you know that that can turn into a blow up real fast. Like, come on. Yeah. Well, let me let me stop you there and pull on that for a second. Before you knew about Enneagram and your numbers, would that have caused hurt feelings? Oh, sure. And- totally. Yeah. Well, I he asked me a question, so I'm a direct question. So, and we're in a time crunch, so I directly answered. She directly it. answers, right? And it didn't look good. Yeah, I, I thought it looked fun, but and but then, but so we've literally. I mean, this has happened our whole marriage, and at the beginning, it really hurt his feelings, and I was like, "But you do not want me to tell the truth." Like, it was really a hard rub. She would actually preface, "Do you want?" Like, the truth or do you want what how do you want me to respond right now <laughs> like does it really matter today like, you know, right. I don't know. I feel like he now does appreciate that I am he doesn't necessarily like my answer but he went and changed and was fine the rest of the day so to lead with um, confidence there's no he knows that there's no animosity or ill will toward it there's goodwill it's just how you're wired is to kind of go I'm going to be blunt and tell you if you want the truth I'm going to tell you the truth right yeah and at 5.30 in the morning, that can, that can, you can receive that how, however you want to receive it. And right. I probably in truth probably was a little mad, but I'm like, fine, I'll just change whatever. And I, I like totally changed what I was going to wear completely. I was like, ah, I'll just wear this again. It was, but but I did it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then we go back like later, I will do my best to circle back and just say, Hey, you know, we've had a long through the years at different points and you're always having difficult conversations, but we've had to go back to like our bottom line in marriage for us is that we are for each other. Yeah. So when we communicate, no matter what we, I have to say, you know, I'm for you. So if we always start with that being the foundation and going, so if he says something that hurts to me, I'm like, I know he's for me. He doesn't mean to hurt me right now. We will circle back and be like, I'm for you. I just don't want you to look like that walking out the door you <laughs> right. know? Like, or, or whatever. But even in hard conversations and friendships that have gone sideways or different things and having to give honest feedback to say, well, this might have not felt good to them or I'm for you. I love you, but I still want the best for you. Right. Cause I have to tell, so I have to tell you the truth and it doesn't always feel good, but yeah. You know, when we talk about in the beginning stages of marriages, sometimes it's when you're bringing both of your stories together, it can feel more like a crazy collision versus a beautiful blending. 
And you can see how just the dynamic of y'all's personality, how there could be a lot of crazy collision in the beginning and still that it would still happen because right. we're always growing. But you can see this like really cool blending of y'all leveraging each other and then just the honor. You know, you're honoring one another and saying we're for each other. That just lays a great foundation that applies to any personality, any dynamic, any situation, whether it's over what clothes to wear or if it's something really tough that you know that is more emotional that you can come back to that. You guys have done such a great job learning and growing together. It's cool. This is probably another conversation for another time, but about five years ago, I had an emotional awakening, but for the first eight years of our marriage, we always wondered why other people fought. We never fought, but long story short, it came to the point that I realized I just suppressed my emotions all the time. It was it was easier to me to just say, I'm sorry, or she would eventually say she's sorry and just lay down. But learning how I was wired after taking Enneagram, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense why I reacted that way. But well, and I basically ran our marriage and not intentionally, but Ben was always so like, I don't care. Whatever you want. What do you want to do? And if I was like, hey, can we buy this or whatever? He would never tell me no, which financially that's terrible. Bad advice. Um, (laughs) But but, I mean, we really didn't have friction and we got to that point. And so the last four and a half years, we've really kind of learned (laughs) how to be remarried again. Through some counseling and things, Ben's emotions woke up and it was like Uh, we were newly married and then had all the collision. It was wonderful. (laughs) Start over. Yeah. Yeah. So you're no the experience. just collision. It was great. Right. Well, that's so cool because you realize that not fighting or not having tension isn't always healthy. Right. You know, you can go that many years and, and be just very passive and ignore things and it not be great. So good for you guys to stir the pot up a little bit and get a little rowdy. That's good. I was just thinking, I'm glad, Alisa, your family was wrong and you guys ended up together because mm-hmm. you guys really are a power couple mm-hmm. and the way that you have grown and we watched you grow in your relationship and your marriage and just to be a small part of it, navigating Enneagram a few years ago, and just to see the awareness and growth and intentionality is so great. And I love that. It is a beautiful blending. And I think that's why we would always say that like having a growth mindset as a husband and wife to go, hey, I'm going to take care of what's going on inside me, but together we're going to learn, develop and grow. And so it's just awesome to continue watch your family flourish and thrive and what you're doing. And as a side, you're a super host for Airbnb now, which is kind of cool, right? <laughs> which is no surprise as a name. And hey, she conquered it. It's true. But I'm sure Ben did all the background investigation and set up and making sure that everything was right and done. I'll check all of her messages oh to guests, <laughs> all the things. So in fact, you're both super hosts. Super hosts. That's right. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on the show today and uh, look forward to continue watching your journey and your art espousing flourish. Absolutely. It's our pleasure. We're excited to be a part. Well, there you go. Thanks again, Ben and Elisa. And thanks for listening. We would love to hear your thoughts and answer your questions about what we've shared. You can email us at hello at artespousing.com or direct message us on Instagram at Art of Spousing. If you found this episode helpful, please let your friends know by sending them a link to the show. You can also help other people find the podcast by rating the podcast and leaving us a review. We want to invite you back next week. We are going to be sharing a fresh perspective on love, where feels and facts come together. So have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the Art of Spousing podcast. Until then, bye-bye. <laughs>